Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Love Evolved podcast. This is Leanne. I'm a holistic psychologist who specializes in the areas of love, sex, and relationships and work with clients all over the world. So please reach out if you need support. Okay, you guys, so welcome to episode 16. This is going to be a very interesting episode where I will be doing minimal editing and just getting this out there because. Oh my gosh, you guys, I cannot believe how long it's been since I recorded an episode. And there's been a lot going on here. Um, a lot of really good, incredible things that I want to share with you today. And I have been mostly very, very busy recording this podcast episode in June 2022. Um, last month, May, and then this month, June have been incredibly busy with me working with clients. And I am also running a women's group, which is just like one of my favorite things ever. I haven't done a group program in so long, actually since last year. And I forgot how much I actually love doing those so much. For those of you who remember back in 2017 here in Los Angeles, I started a women's circle community and we met every single month in circle in my home here. And we expanded it out into different venues and the community really grew all the way up until the pandemic hit. And then we tried to move things online and everything just kind of fell apart. And so I have a history of really facilitating a lot of group spaces and it's just feeling so good to get back into that. And so I have just, I guess that to use it as an excuse for not being on here. Um, there was also a couple of podcast episodes that I had planned with people that kind of fell through with their schedules and it was all good because I have just really had my hands full here. And so one of the things I really want to update you guys on is God, like the work that I'm doing one-on-one -on -one and in groups with clients since adding in the breathwork portion and having my sessions with people, not just be therapy where we're talking, but also the breath work has been, <laughs> I can't even tell you how incredible. And some of my clients know that I always say that breath work will save the world. And I just, it's so much more than I can even explain in words to you all. If you've experienced the combination of therapy and breath work with me, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's just something that I feel like cuts the process in half, maybe even faster. Um, and so the combination of these two modalities together is, is really just blowing my mind and it's just cracking people wide open. And it's making me truly excited because many of you know that I have a lot to say about the field of psychology, of how it really needs to be upgraded. It's so stuck in the old days, like the old, um, stuffy kind of old school ways of just like talking. And it hasn't really evolved and it hasn't really progressed. And although if you look at the overall field of psychology, for sure, you can see different trends and things popping up. It's wild back when I went through my training to become a psychologist, 
Cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT was basically the therapy of the day. And we were not taught anything about working with the unconscious. In fact, um, you know, Carl Jung and Freud and, and their work was just considered completely unnecessary, which blows my mind because when I discovered shadow work through my own like huge death and rebirth that I went through back in 2014 and ended up really having to face all my own shadows in therapy and really understanding that, oh my God, like CBT is not going to help people go into the depths of their unconscious. And why didn't anyone ever, you know, show me? And it's just wild, you guys. So, um, I've really been kind of like filling in the gaps quite a bit here with, as it goes, you know, a combination of things that I've been through on my own personal journey with regards to psychological stuff, with regards to spiritual stuff, and then bringing it into the work that I do once I have kind of embodied mastery of it. And so it's, it's really like deeply actually I'm feeling it quite in my heart right now because this is why I'm here. It's like when you're tapped into your mission and I know some of you listening really are, it's profound and it's like you feel a sense of purpose and mission and a connection with why God put you here. And so I feel like everything that I've been through in my life, all of the hard things, I'm not going to recap it. A lot of you know my story, but it hasn't been an easy road for me. And yet I see with great humility why I was put through some of the things that I was put through to then gain embodied mastery so that I can actually work with people and help them to overcome the same things that I did. And so, of course, many of you know that I absolutely am obsessed with love, sex, and relationships. That is my passion. Um, But what ends up happening with clients, as I'm sure you can imagine, is that we don't just talk about love, sex, and relationships. It all ties back to early childhood stuff, trauma. Um, It's really been this profound shift of going back to the basics. It's a huge theme popping up for me and clients where we can't skip steps. Like it's almost like every single thing goes back to these original core wounds. And the original core wounds tend to be, of course, our mother and our father wounds, um, and attachment wounds and all of this. And so what I've been doing with a lot of my clients recently, because I had to go through this myself over the past year is really retracing our steps, going back to the basics, going back to some of these fundamental parts where we might have in the past done healing work, on childhood trauma and other pieces, but it's kind of like feeling collectively like we have to get humble again to go back to realize that healing is not linear. It's more of like a spiral (laughs) and really just going back, retracing our steps and kind of doing what I've been calling like the final chapter of really healing some of these original woundings. And I know that we're in a very dark time collectively right now. And so it's helpful for me to be able to see some of the lights 
um, you know, some of the, the positive things that I can see in the darkness and, you know, the popularity of shadow work is definitely one of those things where people are understanding the importance of going into the unconscious because that's where everything is, you know, like trying to work on the conscious level of, um, an ego desire to try to control our lives, uh, and realizing that that's only really 5% of our reality and that so much, but you know, these are kind of arbitrary numbers, but the, the vast majority of what unfolds in our life is, is really based on the unconscious stuff that hasn't been healed, the shadow stuff, right? The trauma, the programming, the conditioning, and all of the unhealed things. And of course, time and time again, as I have already said, but bears repeating, it almost always goes back to the early childhood woundings, traumas, especially when it comes to our parents and uh, how we were raised. And so I say that with a lot of humility. I am a mother. I am not a perfect mother, but like these themes of of going back and doing what feels like this final chapter of healing on my own childhood wounding, um, you know, having it, the impacts of that already coming to light in my everyday parenting with my son, the profound impacts that's already had has been incredible. And so you know, I don't do this work, my own inner work, just for myself. I do it for my son. I do it for everyone around me. I do it for my clients. And I think that's what more and more people are realizing that this work goes so, so, so much beyond just our own selves and really how tied in um, and how we're all just so connected, right, on the collective. And so it's just a beautiful thing. So I'm really grasping at all of these positive things that I see popping up amongst all of the darkness that's happening. And so, you know, this this going back to basics is really key here, I think, for all of us to understand. And I don't speak about these things when I feel like it's just like a strictly personal thing that I'm going through. But when I start to see patterns where my clients are going through similar things, when my friends are kind of speaking to similar things, it really helps me to understand that there's actually something on the collective that's happening. And so that's why I wanted to speak about it here. Going back to basics is really important in the context of a lot of people talking about ascension and rising up to, you know, 5D and all of this stuff. And it's like, we cannot ascend when we have not mastered the basic human skills that we need to master, like communication, social skills, relationships, stability, being rooted in a sense of purpose, um, you know, mastering things like money and our finances and everyday responsibilities. Like these are things where I see people just want to skip steps. And I mean, I'm not taking myself out of the equation. I definitely have gone back and forth in terms of this sort of pendulum swing between the ascent and the descent process, right? Of like really reaching these like ecstatic heights of spiritual bliss and breakthroughs, but then also being dragged down. And it's like perfect because that's actually 
kind of how it works. Um, for those of you who know esoteric laws, the law of ascent and descent, it's not just going up, right? We actually have to go down as well. And so I might do a whole other podcast episode about that part. Um, I'm not going to get too into it here. There's much more that I want to cover here. Um, but you know, honestly, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a good thing to pull in as we kind of visualize this returning back to the basics because it's just a good assessment for all of us to check in to see where we're at. Like with such humility, have we really mastered the lower levels, right? And so it's like, I can't state it enough. It's really about returning to square one, the basics kind of going back and seeing where we need to fill in the gaps. Um, this is a really, really big theme that I'm seeing right now. And, and I'm wondering if it resonates with you too. This episode is really kind of just an update because there's just been a lot going on here. And I wanted to share a lot of like the themes popping up, uh, the work that's going on over here with clients. Um, if you want to have support with love, sex, and relationships, I'm here. I'm pretty filled up when it comes to clients, but I do have a couple of spots open for one-on-one work. And I'm also running a a second round of the women's group because there were so many um, women who were interested that didn't get a chance to come this time around. This is a women's group for women who want to really build and attract healthy romantic relationships. It's called Sacred Love. You can go on my website. There's going to be a link below as well. We're doing sort of like round two of the group in September and October. But the combination of the breath work and the therapy has been like, I just can't even explain. Like this is where the words are really... Um, not doing it justice. Like the breakthroughs that my clients are having, like the shifts that have been reported to me are incredible. And I'm not saying this from a place of ego or like, I'm so great. For those of you who know me, like, you know, that like I, number one, like love my clients so, so much. And when you work with me one-on-one, you can feel that deeply. It's not about me. It's actually me just holding space for you and guiding you into your greatest expression. And that's what I love about the breath work because it really helps you to unlock the things inside you that need to move, that need to be released, that need to kind of have a light shined on them for love, for healing. And breath work is such an incredible form of intelligence. As I was just sharing with one of my clients today, like you can go into a breathwork session and just sitting, you know, for at minimum five minutes, of course, longer is great. But when you start to breathe, if you have no idea of like why you're even there, it will show you the things that need to be that kind of need to come up to the surface. It is a deeply intelligent, powerful form of healing that I believe is really like God playing a role. So it's deeply spiritual for me. So bringing it into my sessions with clients to kind of help them weaving it in with the therapy from an integration standpoint, um, and really helping them to understand and make sense of what's going on on a therapeutic level has been incredible. And I, I have my mentor, David Elliott, to thank because he's the one who really 
has pushed me and over the past few months to really just like stop procrastinating with regards to bringing it into my work. And so he was right, you know, a few months ago, he's like, you know, if you start doing this, like seriously, you're going to be fully booked in a few weeks. And that's exactly what happened when I sort of got past my own resistance for a variety of reasons and really just started telling the world, Hey, you know, I have been a breathwork facilitator for a couple of years now. And, you know, I would never really spoke about it publicly. Sometimes I would, I would share it with clients, sometimes not, but like, it was really this thing where I just wasn't really that confident. And there was all this other stuff with like, I don't know if I'm really supposed to do this. And there's just a lot, but honestly, it has been incredible. And it really has been the key to having me do work with clients that is truly holistic. Because like I I always say, when I share this with people, you know, psychology and therapy, it works on the emotional level and the mental level, but then the breath work really gets in and makes it truly holistic. So it really kind of blows you open um, on a spiritual level, really cracks open your heart, gets the energy moving, really clears the energetic field. And so that's the spiritual part for me, as well as like, it's a portal to the divine, to God. And it's like, for me personally, I consider it to be my bridge to God. It opens that channel wide open, divine guidance, intuition comes through. And by the way, there's so many different kinds of breath work. So I will just say to people that this is actually a a breath work where you lay down and you do a three-part breath, one into the belly, one into the chest, and then out. And so this is um, a breath work where it can get you into an altered state. However, you know, the phrase altered state is kind of interesting because it's almost like when I actually do breath work and the activation happens, um, like a few minutes into it, I feel like I'm actually returning to my true self. And I know a lot of you who love breath work know what I'm talking about. It's almost like our day-to-day reality of just walking around and doing life is kind of an altered state because it's not us truly. And breath work actually time and time again returns me to my true self with the capital S. And so I just wanted to say that briefly, but there, this is the type of breath work that is profound. There's so many different types of breath work. Um, this is the type that I use. And so it's, um, it's something that you kind of just have to experience. If you want some like samples, I can send you a couple of um, breathwork audios from my teacher, David, that you can actually do at home. But in the context of uh, the therapeutic container, it's really incredible. And then also clients share too, that just being held in like a session one-on-one while doing the breathwork is a very different experience than when you are just at home doing it. And um, I actually like both, to be honest with you, because I get, I actually do one-on-one sessions with my, my mentor, but then I also do breath work alone and I actually really like both for different reasons. So I just wanted to give an update on like how powerful that work is going. And I actually really am thinking now that it really is going to get to the point where I can't like do, um, I'm not going to be able to 
like see all the people that I need to see one-on-one. Like I just, I'm not going to have the bandwidth. So I probably eventually will have to start to train other therapists and psychologists to, um, you know, incorporate breath work into their work so that this can just be a thing that more people are doing. When I started to go public that I was doing like the combination of therapy and breath work, the interest was insane. Like the people who were excited about it, you know, the, the demand is really big. And so I think that, um, and for good reason, because I think people know that it really, it, it's an incredibly, um, complementary sort of combination. So I think that's probably going to be down the road where I'm going to have to be training other people to do uh, this work as well. Okay, so I have a lot more that I actually want to cover. I'm going to give you guys an update on the war on love, sex, and relationships. I just re-listened to that podcast episode, and I have I really want to give an update on what's been going on with that front over here. Um, and so I'll get into that in a minute. I just wanted to take a pause here and give you a sense of what else I'll be talking about. This is sort of a weird podcast episode. There's a lot like that I want to share with you. And so it's kind of going to be a lot of sort of seemingly random things. But, um, uh, for those of you that, you know, are interested in the work I do and really are interested in, in high level conscious relationships, it's, it's all good. This is going to be very interesting and relevant for you guys. Um, I wanted to also give you guys an update on internal family systems, which is a newer type of therapy that I'm weaving into my work. Um, I was first introduced to it a year and a half ago and began using it on uh, kind of a a more basic level. And it's really, really interesting. I'm not going to get into kind of a deep dive of it here. Maybe in future episodes, I will. Internal family systems is really um, an understanding that we all have these different parts of us. And it's really great for working with trauma and even um, kind of revitalizing my own uh, understanding of IFS, which is internal family systems, and using it in my work so far has been incredible. And so I'm really going to be um, doing more of a deep dive of like studying and really, um, weaving it more and more into my work. And it's kind of this, uh, you know, how do I want to say this? It's sort of like this major, uh, zoomed out perspective of this huge pendulum swing is kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit with regards to like everything in the world. So I have this like weird ability, as you guys know, to be sort of obsessed with polarities and not just masculine, feminine, but like seeing it in everything. And maybe it has to do with the fact that I'm Libra rising. Um, I'm obsessed with polarity. I'm obsessed with how everything is kind of a spectrum where there's like two seemingly polar opposites and just like moving uh, up and down the spectrum and like the fluidity around that. And so I know I'm speaking in like this sort of um, airy language here, but in my work, that has been reflected in my personal life. You know, there was this deep um, kind of being stuck in victim mentality, which is what I talk about a lot in my personal life. This is way back, like I want to say, you know, eight, 10 years ago 
fully, fully stuck there as a result of just my whole life, really, and didn't even really know about victim mentality until everything crashed and burned in my marriage. And I had a therapist at the time who really was such compassion guided me to understanding that I was kind of really uh, placing blame on everybody outside of me and not able to really see my side of things. And even though it's true that I had dealt with a lot of trauma and things that had happened to me at the same time, um, as an adult, it was time for me to sort of take responsibility for the fact that I actually, you know, co-create all of my relationships. And so, uh, whether, and usually people who are kind of stuck in victim mentality who have gotten to that place because of a lot of trauma have to deal with a lot of repairing of our self love and self worth. We have to really learn boundaries. We have to learn discernment and who we choose to spend our time with. We have to like learn all these things, right? And so when I start to explain it in that way, people soften a little bit because a lot of times people who have been through a lot of trauma and like actual bad things have happened to them, whenever I sort of talk about victim mentality, people get really like triggered. And I understand because I did too, but it's more of like an understanding that we have to step into empowerment to take responsibility for our healing so that we don't actually have certain patterns play out in our life that just keep recreating these traumatic situations time and time again. And so, um, you know, when I explain it in that way, people are much more open to hearing about how to do that because they're like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. All that resonates. And, um, after so long of actually doing this work in my life, um, you know, working as a psychologist for over 10 years with hundreds of clients and really over the past five years, um, specializing in relationships, I have had the honor to be able to work with so many individuals and have a unique vantage point because at this point I've been able to see like the collective patterns play out, um, the different archetypes that are at play. Um, you know, the victim perpetrator thing that keeps playing out, right? Like the codependent narcissist thing. And like, I, I don't love labels. You guys, like I talk about this all the time, but, um, but labels are there because they are, it's like a reality that sort of there's these behavioral patterns or archetypes that, that are in our collective. And so like, they're, they're really just descriptions for, um, patterns of behavior rather than us sort of like falling prey to having labels like be our identity. Um, I definitely don't recommend that. And so labels have like pros and cons to them. Um, as I'm sure that you know. And as long as we understand that they're really just descriptions of patterns of behavior and that every person is really capable of um, learning healthy ways of relating to each other, of you know moving towards healthy attachment, these are things that are very fluid. And so with humility, with dedication, with inner work, we can make so much progress as long as we're not really clinging to these labels um, which then kind of create these self-fulfilling prophecies.
So that's a long-winded way of saying how in my personal life, I was really stuck in victim mentality. Then the super healing thing was, and in fact, maybe like the single most empowering thing in my life was when I then actually stepped into personal responsibility, which was very empowering for me. And I really, you know, (laughs) put my big girl pants on and I was able to face a lot of the stuff within me that I was bringing to the table that wasn't working in my relationships and created major shifts across the board, not just in relationships, but also like in my career and the way I was showing up um, like for my health and just like it impacts really everything when you take personal responsibility and you start to make the shifts and realize like, okay, like I actually have agency here. I have control. And where I'm at right now is the more of like a moderate middle way approach where if you visualize on the one end of the spectrum victim mentality, which is just like blaming everything on the external for the way that our life is. And then on the other end of the spectrum, being in 100% personal responsibility of like really just saying like, I am the one, right? I am the one who's creating my reality. Where I'm at right now and where I've been working with clients over this past year, which is really honestly shifted, is this middle way approach where like we don't, we, we don't get stuck in victim mentality and like, I don't enable people to feel sorry for themselves. However, we have deep, deep love and compassion for those parts of us that have been traumatized, that actually have been through really hard stuff that on a human level, like we can't bypass and just like, tell ourselves we'll toughen up. Right. And so like, you have to go back to those parts and give them the love, the care and the attention that they need, which by the way, is one of the reasons why I love IFS or internal family systems. Um, in addition to the breath work, because it really will show you that those parts are still there and that they need love and attention. And breathwork and IFS, they're very different. Like breathwork will actually show you those parts and allow you to have some of the emotions really flow through without you needing to get into the story. But I do think that like a little bit of both um, is necessary, especially with regards to processing and bringing certain things into our conscious awareness. I think actually both, you know, like talking about it and understanding it from sort of a, a psychoanalytic perspective, um, in addition to the breath work, I, I believe that this is like a perfect combination. So kind of the guiding principle is this middle way approach with clients where it's, it's the middle point between being stuck in victim mentality and then also on the other end of the spectrum, um, being a hundred percent in personal responsibility. And so the way that I'm working with clients is to really go back to make sure that we're tending to those traumatized parts with love, care, and attention, but always moving towards, um, you know, taking personal responsibility and really taking ownership of our life and where we want to be, what our goals are, how we want to show up in relationships, and to always really like strive for those things. And so it's really quite a beautiful combination. And it might seem simplistic, but it's, it's actually proving quite powerful. So this middle way approach is like the answer to 
almost everything. And maybe it's just me, but I literally see it everywhere. So if you think about like parenting styles, for example, in my child development, like 101 class years and years ago, we learned that there's three different parenting styles. There's on the one end of the spectrum, permissive parenting, where the child is in control. The parents like are just don't have rules. There's no structure. It's completely child led. And this is not you know, doesn't have very good outcomes. (laughs) On the other end of the spectrum, you have the authoritarian approach where the parent is super controlling. There's a lot of rigidity and rules, and there's not always a, the love, the care, the compassion, um, that is needed for taking care and loving a child. So the, you know, what we learned, of course, through research and, and all of this, um, incredible, these incredible psychologists that specialize in child development, the middle way approach, which is called authoritative, which I don't even hear anyone using this term, but it's just wild because this is, again, it's the theme of going back to the basics where the authoritative approach time and time again in research was shown to have the best outcomes for kids. And this is what I still believe to this day. And so it's sort of like the middle way approach. You have the love and the compassion and the care for children and their specialness and their uniqueness, which is like what you find a lot in the permissive approach. Um, which by the way, was really just like a reaction to the authoritative way of parenting. Um, and then we saw people uh, slipping into permissive, right. As sort of the pendulum swung to the other end. Um, so authoritative parenting, which is the middle way approach, it has the love, the care and the compassion for the child, but then it also has structure. It has boundaries. At the end of the day, the parent is the one who's responsible and kind of in charge, but it's done with love, with care, with compassion, with um, an approach where the child feels seen and feels heard, but that the, the adult is still kind of the one who's making the decisions. And so this is another example of of how this middle way approach, I think, is just seems to be the answer to everything. You see it again in attachment styles, right? Where you have um, the three main categories of attachment. It's obviously more a little more complicated, but just for simplicity's sake, you have at the one end of the spectrum, um, anxious attachment. The other end of the spectrum, you have avoidant attachment. And then in the middle, you have healthy attachment. And so it's, again, this is another reflection of it. Um, there's so many examples that I could give here, but, um, and the, what's crazy too, is you also see it reflected in politics where you have, you know, the incredibly, um, woke left, which is like so, uh, off in la la land. I don't even know what to say. Um, and then you have like the strict, rigid, traditional conservative, right? And then in my mind, the answer to everything is really the middle way. And so I consider myself to be politically moderate. And uh, in my mind, that's just being like a rational person who, um, yeah, I just i am not into being on one end of the spectrum or the other. Like it's just the middle way is seemingly the answer to all of our world's problems. 
and this kind of relates to the war on love, sex, and relationships. As I really uncovered that part of my work, um, what I'm noticing is like going through my own personal transformation around really unraveling myself from this super ultra woke left social justice movement, um, which by the way, like 10 years ago, I was pretty in that world. I was working in South Central Los Angeles as a psychologist, like wanting to go in there, like where the need was the greatest and wanting to save all these people who like didn't have access to mental health. And I could just go on and on and on, but I was very, um, I was very much a a social justice warrior. (laughs) I didn't even realize that was a term, but, um, I had to really unravel myself from that. And it just got to this tipping point for me where, yeah, there's just, there's so much, there's too much here to really get into. But um, as it relates to love, sex, and relationships, like I've spoken about this before, but having had to go through in my own personal life, a direct experience of the, the agenda um, and the stuff behind the scenes that is really eroding sacred union or divine union um, and really unfortunately kind of against my will having to be dragged into this dark world of like, oh my God, there's this whole thing happening, this whole agenda and really being able to see from this um, super zoomed out vantage point that it really is a war on divine union of the union of the masculine and the feminine and how, you know, this whole use of pronouns, the gender confusion on a surface level, people who have good hearts, who care about people, who want to, you know, make sure everyone feels comfortable and seen are being taken advantage of because this is not about people's individual choices and expressions. It's more about a bigger agenda that is eroding sacred union. And I talk much more about this in the episode entitled the war on love, sex, and relationships. Okay. The last part that I wanted to talk about with you all is sort of my new, um, recent, big picture view of what's unfolding with trauma. And, you know, everyone's talking about trauma. It's like a, a common everyday term. And for good reason, it's like we are at this really massive crossroads as I don't need to really spell it out for you guys, but, you know, there's a lot going on right now. And what I'm witnessing in my practice with clients is that we're really seeing the effects unfold from the past two years. And so we need to kind of pull out all of our tools with regards to trauma. And so, um, you know, I have, I have so much to say. I want to first and foremost, just give you a lot of hope, um, that there are ways that we can heal. I have done it in my own life. I've seen it firsthand with clients. And so there is hope. However, there's also this other side of it that we have to see, which is that if we actually don't interrupt the cycle of trauma, it will continue to reproduce itself over and over and over again. And so this is really just 
the journey from living unconsciously to starting to live much more consciously, to be aware of how all of our life experiences, um, trauma included, have really shaped us into the people that we are today. And we can either allow certain, um, you know, ways of being to continue that maybe aren't for our highest good and aren't for the highest good of our families and friends and the people around us, or we can choose to do things differently. And there is a choice here. There is a choice to be able to alchemize all of the struggles, all of the pain that we have gone through to interrupt patterns. Again, I've seen it firsthand in my own life and with clients. And so everyone needs to get up to speed with regards to how to do this work. And so with most of us walking around completely traumatized and just like not with the right tools to heal ourselves, really being led into realms of being addicted to social media and different distractions that are really preventing us from doing the deep inner work that we need to do to transcend the trauma cycle. Because if we don't heal the trauma, then it's just going to keep recreating itself over and over and over again, keeping us in these unconscious just loops and patterns. And then we will pass that on to our children and so on and so forth until we completely self-destruct. And it's like, this is kind of where we're at right now. However, the good news is, is that there's hope. And like, this is why the work that I'm sharing with you about the work I'm doing with therapy, with breath work, with clients, the sessions I'm doing, there are keys and there's ways that you can heal. And there's ways that you can do it quickly and effectively. Like there's this sense of urgency with my work where I don't want to see people spinning out for years and years and years in therapy. I talk about this a lot. So when I come upon keys that really unlock things, I have to talk about it. I'm here to serve. And I have been shown that the things that I've gone through in my life are exactly the things that I have been able to alchemize into my greatest blessing so that I can then help clients with. Um, and so, you know, ultimately I just will wrap things up by saying this has been a period for me of just getting more and more rooted in my values. And for anyone that has been stuck in trauma bonds with people, especially romantic relationships where, there's been that electric chemical attraction beyond your wildest dreams, but then it ends up being like kind of a nightmare situation. That's a trauma bond that is unconsciously created. I can help you to stop doing that. And I now see the connection between doing that and getting yourself kind of in these unconscious trauma bonds with people and how the antidote is really getting so strongly rooted in your values and actually seeking other people to surround yourself with that have similar values. It seems really simple, but it's actually a huge form of protection so that you don't slip into these unconscious trauma bonds with people and then allow that to kind of overtake things and start to run the show in your life. So again, like my work is really rooted in, in making the unconscious conscious and living a more conscious lifestyle. And I don't love the term conscious relationships. Like I think it has an alignment uh, with sort of like woke left mentality, which I don't love, <laughs> but I'm talking about like true 
conscious and unconscious psychological work um, and doing true shadow work. And that's my devotion um, and really helping people with that. So I wanted to just end by saying something that if I haven't made it totally obvious before, I am a psychologist that is a little bit different than your typical psychologist or therapist. I am not somebody who um, aligns with the woke left. I am actually pretty moderate. And so I'm actually finding that there are so many people out there that don't fall into that category that are not in consensus reality that actually need support, that need help, that need therapists as I believe all of us do. We all need support from time to time. And when it comes to mental health and emotional health, like I really believe that similar to physical health, where you go to the gym, where you practice good hygiene, you know, meeting with a therapist and doing inner work is like that form of hygiene for our mental health and for our emotional health. And so I think more and more people are realizing that, which is incredible, but people who are waking up to therapy and like seeing the benefits, sometimes if they don't fall into this real leftist uh, mentality, they struggle to find support. And so I am someone who is here for you if you don't fall in that category and maybe you felt judged or like certain therapists just weren't the right fit for you, please reach out. I would love to have a call with you, meet you face-to-face if you're interested in support. And for those of you who aren't familiar with breathwork, I do incorporate it into my sessions with clients. However, I also just have sessions where we talk and do just straight up therapy. So there's different choices that I offer. I really love the combination of breathwork and therapy. And if breathwork is new to you and you have no idea what I'm talking about, I will be producing some introductory videos and audios where you can try breathwork out to see how transformational it is. It's just been such a huge, huge part of my personal growth and development And as I've spoken to a lot before, it's such a beautiful compliment to talk therapy. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Stay tuned because the next one that I will be releasing will be all about mother and father wounds, which are our original core wounds. So much to say. I will talk to you then. If you have any comments or questions for me, please reach out on my website, which is love-evolved.us. I work with individuals and couples on everything related to love, sex, and relationships. I also have a really deep dedication to teaching people about high-level conscious relationships, which are the new paradigm of romantic relating and in general with all of our friends and family. You can DM me on Instagram. I'm really active over there. You can also just go to my website and email me through the contact tab. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you very soon.